Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders. Was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Get on the floor! What's up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I am Jim, Sean's dad. And we have another guest this time we we decided to only have guests that are musicians and can talk about their own music moving forward and so we have a special musician who i've i i ozzy i think i met you in like 2006 at like college orientation <laughs> i think yep. you were an orientation wow. leader yep. when i was yeah that's I was throwback going i mean that's 15 6 17 years y- yeah you don't have, years to, you don't have to put that number on it that's fine <laughs> sure but uh so it was like we, yesterday, bro. It was like yesterday. Yeah, yeah no, 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 no. It was like it was like last year. And explain right. that he was he was your orientation leader while you were going through orientation. He wasn't my orientation. So my orientation leader was Richard. Shout out to Richard. But um, I did. I met Chris because I I remember specifically they were he. My orientation leader said one of these orientation leaders is a theater minor. Can you guess which one? And we were all wrong. It was you, but we were all wrong. Um, and that was my first memory of Ozzy. <laughs> I hit it well. I hit it in well. Like a, in like a leather jacket up on stage or something. I remember. I, That's it's right. weird how I remember that. It was for orientation. Yeah. The uh, What was it called? The Big Break. The Big Break performance right in Edwards <laughs> yeah, Hall. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, wow. Man. Wow. Um, so we have Chris Ferrar on today and he is a country musician. Do you classify yourself as a country musician? I mean, I live in Nashville and I play on Broadway and a lot of the songs that I play when I'm playing those types of shows are country songs. Um, I think I would be classify myself more as like if I am in the country genre, I land in the pop soul, country pop, country pop pop soul world kind of. And that's uh, that's and that's a that's a testament to like the music, like the instrumentation that's typically in my music. There's horns, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, but I still incorporate steel guitars where it's needed and you know a lot of that twangy kind of stuff if the song calls for it but i'm definitely not i'm not like on a farm in a, you know <laughs> you're not playing from the back I, of a pickup truck every day that's right that's right i have one but you know but i'm not doing <laughs> right, that right but you know what i think some people don't know the the diversity of music that's in the nashville area they think of you know everybody who has you know the big thing of grass coming out of their mouth sitting on the back of a pickup i think everyone is kind of kenny chesney that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think people like the Hollywood version of of Nashville and like the 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 cartoon version of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you actually go there, I mean, you're getting like you said, like Jim is like you get everything. You're getting country music, but you're also getting, you know, you're getting hit with Bruno Mars and the Killers, and you're getting hit with all that stuff walking down Broadway. But there's also a really big hip hop scene. There's a big indie scene there. Like it's, it, I mean, there's everything. It's Music City now for a reason. It's not just country music city. Mm-hmm. You're in Music City when you go to Nashville. Nice. And do they do they promote that, or do they does the city promote more of the country? And oh, by the way, there's other music as well. I think because of the venues that are there, right, the Grand Ole Opry, the Ryman, those types of places, right. and because That's exactly and because thinking, so yeah. many so many country so many country record labels are there, and country songwriters like you have Music Row, and that's like it's just so much of it is catered to country music. But it, again, like it's just in the last since I moved there ten years ago. 
even before that, but like really over the last probably like six, seven years, you've seen this big, just like full swipe of, hey, if you want to make it in music, you can go to Nashville and do it. You know, like L.A. was pop. Nashville was country and it's still very country heavy. But I think it's, you know, you go to Nashville and it's like I'm going there to play music, to, to write music, to like that's where you're going. And it doesn't just need to be country music. Yeah. Right. Interesting, because you, you always I would think that there are some people who make a pilgrimage there, you know, for country music, and they must get surprised, like, because walking down Broadway, like, wait a minute, I'm hearing something, I'm hearing the killers from that third floor. Up yeah. There. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, but that's, but yeah. that's what's cool. Like, you still do, like, people will come there to pursue that country music dream. And a lot of that, like, it starts as being a songwriter. So you're going and you're sitting down and writing songs with all these other artists and these other songwriters that are writing about that country, you know, really country heavy influence. Um, but, you know, few and far between are cowboy hats. Like, you're, you know, really? they're, they're still, you'll see them and a lot of it is tourists that will wear them and there's i mean don't get me wrong there's still a lot of, i know a ton of people who wear cowboy hats but like you're getting more you know flat bill kind of hats yeah. like that than you are it's and, a, it's a city it, it's a major it's a major it's a huge city it's like it's a lot going is it com- on is it competitive or is it or is it welcoming is everybody work together all the different artists it's a the- really collaborative environment yeah man everybody especially if you find the right crew to kind of come up right uh, like a rising tide raises all ships Mm -hmm. and like so you there's a lot of that type of mentality in it and that you know you want to you want to build your crew you want to build the people that you're comfortable with and then if somebody pops off then it's way more fun to succeed with your friends and then everybody starts popping off and everybody starts getting you know pub deals or then that like one friend gets the record deal and you're like okay cool like it's it's a cool kind of you never know who you're going to sit next to. You never know who's going to be the next one. And as long as you're coming in genuine and you're coming in as like, I'm not just trying to step on people and, you know, cut legs out from underneath people to, to get to right. the next step. Right. It's such a, it's such a, that type of energy is throughout the whole city. And it's really, really cool. Everybody's supportive did, of each other. Was that surprising when you went there? Did you think it was going to be like that? Or, I mean, you hope that it's going to be like that. You but. hope that it's going to be. I mean, I had never been to Nashville when I moved there. Like I had been there one time before. I guess two times before and it was all within six months. And then I moved there. Like it was, I, I, I got the job in the play for this guy in September, for this guy, Joe Bachman in September. And then in March I moved to Nashville and I had never been there before September. And so, um, I, but I, but you know, we come from a Norton, you know, that new England Northeast mentality. And it's a lot of on the grind, get through your stuff, work hard and like, keep your head down and bust through. And, you know, that's what we know. And that's, I would figure I would bring, I'm, you know, I'm bringing that same type of thing to this place, but it's still that Southern charm, that Southern hospitality. And I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of like my personality has always kind of lent to that, like that type of mm-hmm. feeling, you know, that, that feel good, everybody, you know, treat everybody like a, like their family kind of a thing. And, um, and that became like, I found really like comfort there. I found a lot of comfort in Nashville. I found like really kind of came into my own in Nashville. Nice, yeah. nice. Cool. So before we get into this any further, I gotta get, I gotta do my, um, my housekeeping stuff. So oh yeah, sorry, um, Sean, we've got about no, that's you. all right. It's all right. It's good. This, <laughs> this is gonna be a good episode. You can tell. So we are, as as many of our listeners know, we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Pantheonpodcast.com is full of all different types of podcasts, all music related. And if you like this show, I guarantee you'll find something 
there that you like as well. So make sure you check it out, pantheonpodcast.com. Find us on all the social media places. Buy things from our Teespring store so you can give us money so we can keep the show going. <laughs> and go. I think that's it, right? So let's get into it. So uh, there's a little bit of a history between me and Chris. Like I said, we've known each other for a long time. And um, Chris asked me to join his first band back in 2000, what, seven or eight? Eight yeah, probably. probably. Probably about 2008. I, yeah, 2000. I think we really started to do a lot of stuff in 2009. But like yeah. 2008 was the like, hey, this could be cool. Like, yeah. let's all like, let's, let's go do down this. in the basement and, and and see what we can do. Right. Yeah. Let's let's piss off Will's parents and just like yeah. play as loud as we can. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. We were we did that well. We did, we did it so well. well for hours. It was great. <laughs> you know, but we really, we, you know, like you said, 2009, we really kind of went all in and, and did everything we could to put as much energy as we could into that. And I think we came, we created some great music and had some really cool experiences. So we're definitely going to sure. talk about some of that. We're going to talk about one of the songs that we had on our album tonight, uh, but we're also going to talk about one of Chris's songs that he recorded down in Nashville that he, that is um, out there and is fantastic. And we're also going to talk about another song that he wanted to talk about by Steve Winwood called called Roll With It. And obviously a lot of people probably know this song, but uh, I want to get into that in a little bit. But first, Chris, like what else is going on, man? I I talk to you somewhat like regularly here and there, but we we never really catch up too much. So what's going on? What's cool, what's cool about like social media is that like there's always like either memes being shared or little texts that are always coming through. So you feel like you're always communicating with people, even though you never get into like sit down and do this. I was thinking about exactly what you said. This is going to be... How fun to sit down and talk for an hour, you know, right. about, about when was the last know, time we got to talk about music, me and you, you know, crazy. You're welcome. That's it. Yeah. But most of our communication. <laughs> my, my, my work is done. See, ya. see you guys. <laughs> we'll see you, Jim. Most um, of the communication no. between me and Ozzy and you guys are going to hear me call him Ozzy because that's how I have always known him. It's just been his nickname and that's what, that's uh, how, what I call him. Most of our communication revolves around sending pictures of ugly dogs to each other. There's a history Rouse. behind that, but <laughs> but Rouse. it's nice to have a real conversation that, that's not just just pictures of dogs. That's right. Well, so um, so to answer your question, like what's new with going on with me? Um, nine months ago, my wife and I had a baby. So mm-hmm. we have uh, a beautiful baby girl, Francesca. Uh, she's awesome. She's the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. Um, I'm obsessed with her. And Sean, you're a girl dad. You get it. Oh, it's, yeah. And so are you, Jim. And it's uh, it's very, very cool to be a girl dad. I think I always, I, I think I've always wanted to be a dad I've, since I was a kid. Like I just have always loved kids and, you know, um, and I always knew I wanted to be a dad. And now that I got, like, as we were coming into it, like, I th- I would like to be a girl dad. Like I think I would be a pretty. It's it's a that's a thing to be a girl dad. And so, um, so that's what's new. Um, I got married in 2021. Was supposed to get married in 2020, but I got married in 2021 because of COVID. Um, and um, I've right now I'm playing predominantly uh every Saturday night. I've been off the last this week and last week, but uh, I play every weekend on Saturdays at the 1230 club, which is Justin Timberlake's club. Um, been doing that ever since they opened, uh, which was in September of 2021. And um, it's been a really cool experience. A lot of cool things have happened. Uh, right now I'm back home, uh, take help and take care of my dad. My dad had open heart surgery. Uh, about a month ago, but I'm home. I was going to be coming home anyway, because I'm singing the national anthem at the Celtics game on Friday. And so, nice. so I was supposed to come home anyway. And then this happened to dad. So I just came home for an extra week and a half ahead of time. Uh, but that's, that came from the club and a lot of, it's just, it's been a great, everything is kind of really clicking right now. And we're getting ready to go into the studio. We've just selected four songs to go in and uh, sit down with some producers and try to 
make something happen. So there'll be new music coming out this year, which hasn't happened in about a year and a half. So that's exciting to put out new music. And yeah, man, that's about kind of in a nutshell. That's the biggest kind of stuff going on. Now, are you putting out stuff as as a solo artist or are you putting out stuff with the common good or is the Friday night, is the Saturday night thing is the common good? Is it what, what's, cause I know it's like two different personalities. The two bands seem very, very different. Yes. Yeah, so that's been the journey to kind of become, to have the, what, what I release and put out to mimic what our live show is. Cause the live show is this full tilt, high energy, a lot. Of, it's a party band. It's a lot of fun, but I want, I need my, I needed my music to represent that. So the journey of being a songwriter in Nashville and being like releasing, stuff and kind of discovering what I want to say and how I want to say it. That's kind of led to where we are and where, where the music is going. The release will be as Chris Ferrara, but my live show is think of it the same as you guys will appreciate this as Bruce Springsteen, like Bruce Springsteen and the E street band. Most often it's Bruce Springsteen putting music out and then he goes out and plays live with the E street band. And so, and you don't want to miss it. The E street band is something to see. Well, for me, the common good is something to see. You want to come through to go to a show like that. And it's just mm-hmm. go, go and feel good about yourself. Go and feel good about everything going on. So nice. that's and how it comes. Play, that's you, just my name. And you play a lot of your own stuff too on those, on those shows. Um, I'm able to throw a couple songs in here and there. Uh, yeah. For the most part, I mean, my job when I'm playing at at the club just to is entertain and play with people. I'm entertaining, hear, right? and yeah. my job is to sell alcohol, and my job right. is to keep people in the seats. And if they don't know the music, then they got to feel it. And if they're not feeling it, then they're going to leave, and that's that's bad for business. So. Speaking of selling alcohol in Nashville, can you explain to me what? the obsession is in country music with whiskey because but don't get me wrong i love whiskey as much as anyone else but what's what's with the obsession with whiskey in, in country music is it know. just a rule I mean, that like you're required to have the word whiskey so many times in every song that's like a rule they actually it. they hand you a shot of whiskey when you walk <laughs> off the plane right once right. you land that they're like here you go welcome to yeah. boom um here take like this in hawaii they give you a lay yeah. they give in you hawaii yeah. they're giving okay. you lays in yeah. nashville it's just here's some fireball boom <laughs> right. and okay. if i mean fireball fireball went went off because i mean florida georgia line talked about them every time, like whenever in all of their, in their songs. So like, that was like the big thing. And I'm so glad that it's not, I mean, it still is, but like I've had (laughs) too much much. fireball. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's just to the point where it's like smelling it. I'm like, ah, like how some people feel about like tequila. I feel about fireball. I just have this like, 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 like a gag reflex. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) That's funny. I just had to get that out there. That's no, it's good. Listen, whiskey's delicious, and I and I don't, but I don't know what the full on obsession is with it. And it's just people have been drinking it a long time, and well, I mean, I guess I guess uh, Lynchburg, you know, that's that's where Jack Daniels is, and so there's whiskey is made in Kentucky, and yeah. bourbon is all down there, so probably something along yeah, those lines. Some, yeah. And it's just yeah. become you know something that sells right in the in the the music. So yeah, hey, Barley the punk rock pussycat is back. Hey, somebody rhymed whiskey with kiss me once. And it was like, oh, there we go. Perfect. Put it on a t-shirt, put it on a (laughs) t-shirt, sell it everywhere. I love it. Um, (laughs) All right. So let's get into some music. So uh, I asked Ozzy, what are, you know, we asked him, what what are some songs that you want to talk about? Obviously, whenever we have a musical guest on, uh, like when we had, uh, we, uh, we've had a bunch of drummers, (laughs) Uh, Liberty DeVito came on and he talked about one of the songs that he plays on, obviously. And uh, Reverend Peyton came on and talked. We talked about a couple of his songs. So we like to have him talk about their songs. But we also said, Ozzy, what's a song that you love that you would want to talk about? And he chose Roll With It by Steve Winward. So let's talk about that. I want to play a little bit of it to begin with so you can everyone can kind of get a feel for it for the cheaters that don't actually go and listen to it in real time. This is the <laughs> song that we're talking about. <laughs> Roll 
That's it. That's all you get. So that's all you need. That's all, <laughs> so, all you need is the, s- all you need is the first line of that song, and it's you're all set. <laughs> so don't get pause sued. this podcast. Go listen to it, and then come back, and we'll talk about it. Cool. So why why this song? Oz? I mean, uh, well, well, I can answer that. You must kill that when you play that out with the common good guys with that with that horn section you have. So we don't ever play that song. I don't know why. Oh. We should because it's uh, start next week. That's I'll put it on the list. Dedicated I'm, to us. I'm actually sending a. Uh, I'm, I've got a whole like ten song list of new songs to send to the guys to be like, yo, have these ready for next weekend when I get back to town, and we'll have a rehearsal. We'll try to work up a really cool the arrangements that my guys are able to pull off are. They they invert chords and it's just like it's it gets really cool, man. It gets a, it gets to be a fun show. But just um, that first line of the song, when life gets too much, just roll like roll with it, baby. Like it's that's been so much of my mentality. It was so much of my whole life is my my parents have always said to me, like, I don't know how like I could go. I could have the a worst. I was a baseball player. I could have the worst baseball game of my career. I could walk into the bathroom, pop on Michael Jackson while I'm in the shower and walk out. And I'm clear like it's I've for so much of my life and just kind of in general, the kind of what I gospel I preach is is roll with it is not everything that you're going through. You can get through it and it's going to be all right. Do it with a smile on your face. None of it is not. I mean, a lot of it is serious, but like in the grand scheme of things, we're so little, man. We're like it's (laughs) everything is like it's you can just roll with it. It's going to you're going to get through it. This too shall pass like you're going to get through it. And it's um, it's just when I'm in if I'm in an upset mood or whatever, I can pop that song on and I'm immediately flipped. It's one of my favorite songs. I think the message behind it is great. And I think everybody could use you know, that type of feeling from the music and then the music itself, the instrumentation is like yeah. right out of the top. You're just like, whoa, okay. And then you listen to the whole thing and you feel good when you, when you're done listening to it. So it's that, that's why I wanted to list, pop it on here and throw some good vibes at people before we get into some other stuff. Yeah. Before we get into stuff that maybe is not as, as upbeat, and, <laughs> Little flip but that's all right. Hard left. That's right. That's what music is about. It's about getting your emotions <laughs> out, whether they're positive right. or not. Left. So, um, so what, is there any parts of this song specifically that you want to highlight that you want to play for people and, um, you know, t- and, and talk about, I don't know if you've listened to the show at all, Ozzy. Sure. But, um, you, you, if you have, you kind of know what we do. We kind of get into the meat of the song and, and talk about some special things that really kind of make it what it is. So, yeah, I mean, I think for me, the biggest thing is like, you know, what you guys talk about, you're not listening. You're not, you're not, you're not really taking a second. So much, so much music is, you know, the melody and you just kind of, you know, the melody, oh, it's that song that goes, na, 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 but you don't know the words. Mm -hmm. And then like, you have to take a step back and really dive into those songs and dive into that. The, the, sometimes the lyrics or sometimes the changes are different than what you're used to. And for me with this song, so much of it is, is the lyrics. It's so, it's such, so lyric forward for me that I encourage people, like when you listen to this song, just don't listen to it for the music. Listen, like read, the, read along the lyrics and, and, and right. read, read what the message, mess- the message is like when life is too much roll with it. Don't stop and lose your touch. Hard times knocking on any door, like just get on through it, roll with it. It's just, it's, it just the lyrics alone, man, the lyric, just for people to read the lyrics and then listen to it with that. If you're going to roll with it, you got to roll with it with a smile on your face. And this music complements it so well that just, again, right off the top, you're already like, oh, what is this? 
this is cool. And mm-hmm. then you get the first line of the song is already the message. And now stick around for the next, you know, stick around for the next four minutes or I don't know exactly how long it 522. is. 522. 522. Yeah. <laughs> stick around for the next 522 and, and, and just feel good and, and just, and just, and just feel good about what's going on. And you're, you're going to be okay. I think that's the biggest thing. I don't know if there's any specific thing to really like harp on with it and like to kind of like dive into parts of the song but like again so much of it for me is the lyrics and what that sends and then you can listen to it with a whole new appreciation for it and it hits hard right out of the gate too and it it gets your attention i almost wonder if this is one of the songs again we always equate it to driving around with the radio on and stuff that people know i've heard of blah 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 blah, but they know they don't know the lyrics and they don't listen to it as much Mm -hmm. i mean I love Steve Winwood, all mm-hmm. the stuff he's done over the years, stuff. But his voice is a little different. Like it's not going to be something that's going to be deep and kind of kind of pull you in, mm-hmm. but it's going to be kind of surfacey. Like, oh, that's kind of like I like. This. And I know the chorus, and I sing along, but I haven't really paid attention to what the message is. I wonder if people have kind of looked at it from that perspective. Sure. Too. Well, and there's also like, like you say with Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood is a kind of artist that like you would hear his songs and not know that it's him. So you, right. you, know, you know, a Steve Winwood song that you would never think of is is Higher Love, like. Yeah. yeah, and you would never, you would never right. equate it unless you knew that, and so that's a, that's a cool thing. That's a great song. Give me, give me good loving. Yeah, people might hear this song and think, "Oh, that's Peter Gabriel," or something. You know, like, right. yeah, 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 for sure. And it's funny sure. because sometimes we we do some songs and it's like the focus is the lyrics, and sometimes the lyrics don't matter. Like our most previous episode, you know, I talked <laughs> about the song "Rebels" by Red City Radio, and that has interesting lyrics, but we didn't really harp on the lyrics much at all it was more about the music and what you know what is going on in the kind of shadows of that song that kind of like make it into something different and so like it's it's interesting how sometimes you latch on to the lyrics or you latch on to the to the music itself and like this is one of those songs where the lyrics is is so important do you think you could take those lyrics and put it in another context of a different type of song and it would still be as powerful i listen i i'm a firm believer that like the best songs you can take them and ramp them up or you can slow them down and mm-hmm. throw something like, and really make it lyric heavy, right? Make it make you're now you're telling the story of this song, but right. you're doing it as like, as a ballad. And uh, one, you know, one example of that is, is 3am by Matchbox 20. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be a slow ballady song about Rob Thomas's mom in the hospital. And they brought it in the studio and they were like, what if we ramped it up? What if we push this a little bit? Yeah. And then all of a sudden now it's, it's the song that right. Matchbox 20 is known for. And that's funny. Like we're, We'll probably talk about that later when we talk about our song that we have on here because we that's how a lot of our songs started, right? Because it was it just started as an acoustic song for almost mm-hmm. every song that, that we wrote, right? Yeah. And then well, we ended up bringing it into a full band and ramping it yeah. up. Yeah. Well, so much of the stuff that we were writing, it was me and Sully and that, like we would sit down and a lot of like stuff that we had kind of in our catalog, so to speak, when we got into, you know, because Sully and I, were, we started playing music together and kind of writing like 2003, 2004 mm-hmm. and with the band didn't form until 2008, like five 2009. Later, yeah. yeah. And so, and it took, and there was a lot of all over the place for that whole journey to go. So, um, but that's what a lot of it was. It was just me and Sully with an, he was playing acoustic guitar and Sully would write lyrics and I would write lyrics and then I would write the melodies for it. And so then, that's all we had. And then you just, it's the same as going into the studio. Like what, what we do out in Nashville, you're just, most of it is coming through with an acoustic demo or just like a work tape and you go, what can, go. what can we build this into? Yeah. yeah. You here, take the, the, here's the, the skeleton. The session players. Yeah. Yeah. 
and let's see what yeah, we here's can do. a skeleton here's the chart here's what i want it to sound like and then the session players that are out in nashville mind you when we had the band everybody was putting their own like that's what we were building mm-hmm. but out there with the sessions players they're doing that right pumping them out and right. it's just crazy well, that's that their job that's what you know yeah they're like oh you want to sound like this okay let me tune it then Okay, hit it. <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, like, that was, oh my God. <laughs> then the oh, next that's one, why I'm paying you this like, much money to do that. Yeah, yeah. And then the next one's like got this piano ballad and they're like playing a slide, you know, putting a slide on the guitar. And it's like, dude, you just ripped this crazy song. And now you're doing this like, you know, Chris Stapleton kind of sound thing. It's just, just it's cool, man. It's cool. Yeah. But that's how it was. That's what, that's what me and Sully did. And that's what, that's how, that's how, I don't know if it's going to be the next song that we talk about, but the, one of the songs that we'll talk about here today, that's how that one came about. Yeah. You think about you think about the song that the the, uh, the Steve Winwood one, and I was just trying to envision like this could be a really nice ballad. Mm-hmm. Mm. You really could, you mm-hmm. know, you know, with an acoustic, just sitting down, you know, with this one spotlight on somebody sitting on a stool, and you could pull it off because of the lyrics, and and not even know that it's the same song. Yeah, yeah. The, the, and, that's, you know, I and I think that that those way. are the best ones. The best ones that can do that. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're just so well written and like we've talked about so this cool. before. Uh, that the one that we were talking about was the Dave Haas cover of um, yeah. Ghost on the Boardwalk. Ghost on. Yep. I don't know if you yep. know that song, Chris. Ghost on the Boardwalk is a song by a band um, called the Bouncing Souls, and it's a okay. it's a it's a punk song, and it's it's fast and it's upbeat. And Dave Huss, um, if you've heard of him, he's a fantastic artist, and he did a cover of it with just like an electric guitar with a boatload of reverb and a whole mm-hmm. lot like an echo on his voice, and mm-hmm. he just did it slow, and it's like beautiful, and it's just the lyrics cool. are nice, and the song sounds really nice, and they're just they couldn't be more different. Um, but it it works really well right. both ways, and that's the example that we've used before for that kind of stuff. We've had this conversation that's before cool. for sure. And you know what? If we were to search for it, I wonder if, and I'll bet someone has done this oh, song yeah, sure. acoustic, and it's on YouTube somewhere. Probably yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, if we're not going to get into kind of little sound clips of it, then uh, let's go to some of the questions that we always ask at the end. What? Uh, wait, wait. Uh, can I do one sound clip? Oh yeah, yeah. Can you just play? Can you just play the beginning again? Yeah. How that just kicks. Okay, so horn he- horn heavy. Obviously, the the uh, the drums, but the bass in the background just just sets the tone. Sets the yeah. tone. The dynamics of those horns is really good because they they yeah. you know they they take it down and then bring it back up within the same note, and it's just, it it builds an atmosphere uh, what, for it for sure. What year was this song? Uh, this song was uh, this nineteen eighty eight. Okay, and we've talked about eighties music, Sean. That doesn't feel like eighties music. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have you know. It, it's not that. The, the 80s, drums. like, yeah, with the gated Drum the gated drums and the mm-hmm. heavy uh, synths and stuff like that. It's, it, it doesn't fit in that. But it does. I mean, that is, that's, a, you can, you'll hear that and you'll say that's from the 80s. Like, I think you can yeah. pretty much pinpoint that. I sound. think so. Classic. Well, it was classic a, MTV song too. It was, right. I mean, it was up for, it was the, for the Grammy for, I think it was up for song of the year or record of the year. And it was, it was up against Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, uh, Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. Like that was, that was what was, that's so, there's so much. There's some stiff competition yeah. and <laughs> it's, all, it's all, it's all so different. <laughs> yeah. It's all over the map. Well, yeah. that's leading into the nineties and then and we, everyone knows how mu- music just exploded from the inside in the 90s and went in so many different directions so yeah this is a build up to that Mm -hmm. Um, 
Interesting. So the the questions we always ask after we talk about these songs is is one, what's your favorite part or your favorite thing about it? And I think we've kind of been talking about that already. But if you if anyone if you would have anyone alive or dead cover this song, who do you think it would be? And besides Peter Gabriel, <laughs> um, <laughs> because then it would just be the same song. But <laughs> right. Um, I'm trying to think like somebody. I would like somebody that has like similar. Uh, I, you know what? I just already said it. I would love to hear Chris Stapleton sing this song because he like the grit in his voice and the the tone that he carries in his in his stuff. Um, I think he would really find I think it would be too kind of like easy going hyped up. Hi, well, hyped up. He would be too easy going for how hyped up this song can get. Right. So I think if you were to take like a modern twist, the flip side of that would be I mean, I would love to see Bruno Mars cover. This I was going to say that's that would probably like, be the easy go to. Right. It would be Bruno Mars. Yeah, I would think that would be like have him do it because they would do their their arrangement of it would be so far past what this one is. I mean, this is the arrangement of this is be- is wonderful. Right. But they would t- they would take it and just be like it would be big. It would be really they would Emerald Lagasse bam on it. You know, they would just go, <laughs> yeah, boom. It'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. Dad, thoughts? I was thinking uh maybe Zach Brown. Cool. You know, with a little, but it was a little different kind of feel because it's got a little bit of, you know, I'm just kind of going down the country route with you for a second, Chris. But then I was, I was thinking, I, I don't know. I was thinking Bruno Mars, but you know, maybe OAR. You know, just because they have a horn section, they have a trombone and sure. stuff. You know, when they play live stuff as a cover near the end of their their set. You know, before they they go into poker or something like that. I can see them kind of pulling out a cover like this. Like, okay, where did that come from? Because they will will sometimes just pull songs out of nowhere that no one else has covered. Yeah. And I can see them kind of doing this just because I think it all comes down to that beginning. If you don't have the horns, if you don't have something that sets the tone in this song, um, it, it'll, it'll fall off pretty quickly. And I think you have to have those. That's obviously the Bruno Mars piece, right. yeah. the horn just setting the tone. Yeah. For the I think thing. you also, I think you also have to have the personality to sell this song, right? Like yeah. if you're going to perform it, it's got to be like, unless you were to take it and take it all the way down to a ballad, then you could have really have like this kind of not melancholy, but almost like this hopeful melancholy kind of, kind of way to take it and really feel into, you know, when life gets too hard, Roll with it, babe. Like you're just trying to send a message, like a lullaby. Yeah, you get that message of like, oh, okay, maybe this the singer is in that place, and they're trying to convince themselves to get out of it, right? That's that. Sure. That's one way to approach this, yeah, as yeah. opposed that's to a Zach celebration of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Yep. Interesting. How about you, Shano? Uh, I mean, my mind just went to Bruno Mars. Like I said, I think that's the easy button. But yeah, who it would do it better? Good. You know, who would do it better? <laughs> Somebody needs to do it better. Yeah. Maybe maybe Chris Farrar. Maybe me. Maybe. Maybe the Maybe guy. you. Maybe probably not. <laughs> um, <laughs> um fantastic. Good choice. Um good choice. Let's, let's move good on choice. to the other stuff because this is these this is cool because you're singing on these next two songs that we talk about. And so we can really yeah. there's stories behind them that we can really get into. Um, sure. which one do you want to do first? Dad, do you want to pick? Let's do mine. Let's do yours. Okay. Yep, because that's going to... No, you know what? Let's do Chris's, because mine will maybe kind of pull us out of a, a sad funk well, after we listen, after I listen don't know. to this one. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I don't know. No, because no, cause mine's going to focus more on on the music and, and how it, you know, like you said, started out as an acoustic and all of a sudden went full off, you know, full range yeah. of, uh, of a loud... Did you tell him what we're doing? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, so let's... Chris, why don't you, since you're here, why don't you give an intro set the for, for your song? 
Sure. Um, so we're, uh, we're going to listen to a song called Today, Tomorrow. Uh, I wrote this song with Scott Buchanan and Johnny McGuire out in Nashville. Um, all three of us came into the room with very similar upbringings, very similar stories of um, how we got to Nashville. Um, but our, but like I said, our upbringings were were, this, were very close. And so one thing that we started talking about, you know, we just kind of throw around, you know, what do you want to write about today? How is everybody feeling? Does anybody have any titles that you that you're thinking about? And um, we just kind of it all kind of landed in the same thing where it it became like, oh, this song today, tomorrow, like I'll hear about I'll hear about today, tomorrow and how you wish that there were more hours in the day to give to the people that you care about. And especially when you start to have a family and you can't see them like I mean, so many times with my my dad would be at work and he would come home and I mean, it's right about time to go to bed like we my mom would keep us up long enough for, to see dad when he would come home. And, um, but I remember him working really hard and working, you know, so many hours, he ran his own dry cleaning business. And, uh, so that thought of you hear about today, tomorrow really struck with me. And so then we just, we just went right down the road of it. And then that's what it's about. It's about not having enough hours in the day to, to share. And so you're hoping that you get that, that, you know, get to tomorrow so that you can actually talk talk to them and spend some time with them so yeah it's uh it was a fun one to write it's been one of my favorite songs i've ever written and um it just really hits home for me and when i play it out there's always at least one person that comes up to me and says that's you that's about my life mm-hmm. and write writing songs that's ultimately what we're trying to do is yep. express ourselves and get that out but then have somebody say well me too like i've also experienced and then hey if you can get a million people to say me too then you get to go and play madison square garden right so, someday Someday. Someday. All right, so here's yeah. a little clip of that in the beginning. Daddy always left in the morning, but he never hit the morning rush. Working longer than the sun did to make sure we had enough. And I couldn't... Again, that's all you get. So you get, um, but yeah, watch out. He could sue yeah, us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is probably one that we'd probably be safe playing the whole thing because I, I don't think Ozzy would come after me for that. I'm right here giving you the okay, <laughs> but uh, but to save people time, we we uh, if you want to cheat, you can cheat and just keep listening. But if you don't want to cheat and you want to do it right, pause this podcast, go listen to it, click click the link in the show notes, and come back. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Uh, the this song was interesting the first time I heard it because I you to, kind of told the story a little bit on your social media when you released it and mm-hmm. I know your dad <laughs> obviously and so it was just interesting thinking about him and thinking about you guys when I was listening so it it hit a little bit different for me because because of that so um dad what do you what do you have to say about it from your perspective I, I I'm kind of in the same situation man obviously I don't think I know your dad as well as Sean might but um, having met your dad over the years with, with, you know, following the band and everything else and what great people your parents are. I, I can see that. And again, I'm coming in from a very different perspective, you know, hearing this song, you know, as the dad, I can hear and, and your dad being pretty stoic and, and not really letting it affect him, quote unquote, and then going in the room on his own and just like breaking down and saying that was a great song, you know, because I can't see your dad kind of doing that, to you, I don't know. Do you guys have that relationship that you can look at each other and he can, you know, he can feel that? I mean, Dad's 
pretty tough guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, I mean, he's downstairs, so he can either hear me talking to the, or he's going to yeah, listen yeah. to the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's a great guy. He, and I'm glad he's feeling good by the way. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad he's yeah, doing well. So. Me too. Glad he, we caught yeah, everything sure. when we did. Um, yeah. Just quick, my dad just had a triple triple bypass surgery, so and he's recovering, and he's he's the kind of guy that just stoic and just wants to be active and wants to be doing stuff, and he's always about other people, not about himself. Yeah, yep. and he uh, yep. he asked he, to be selfish for a little bit is is hard for him to take care of himself and make sure that he gets better. But yeah, um, no, he is. He's a stoic man. He's a, he's a he was. I mean, he just has has had a life that has. Chis- that ch- that has chiseled him out, and to be the man that he is now, um, so to have. We uh, very rarely do, you know, have I ever been like seen that, seen that like that full release, I'll I'll call it. And um, because that takes a lot. Um, I got to witness it at my rehearsal dinner before my wedding. And like and I had never like I'm going to get choked up talking about it. Like it's I never I've never really seen that. And I've there's been moments and pockets where it's happened. Um, But he hides that he does. He goes, you know, he keeps that like I got to be. Yeah, I gotta be strong. I gotta be the I gotta carry this. And that's a and that's I mean, that's a very, you know, that's a very patriarchal, that's a very, you know, that's how that's how men are programmed to think, you know, especially the generation before me. But you know, Jim, your generation, that's that was yep. that was a that's what it was. And you just you don't you don't you know cry. What yeah. do you cry? Like, no. <laughs> Suck it up, rub some dirt on it and go. Right. Life's Get hard. Back in that game. Life's hard. Get a helmet. Like grow up. Right. Like what are you doing? Right. That's right. And, um, roll with it. Roll with it. Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so so to to have that. Like I mean, I remember playing it for him. And the first time I played played it for him, I remember, I'll never forget it. And um, it's not a song that I typically play out a lot, unless it's like one of my shows, like my show, mm-hmm. because it's that's a that's gonna that's gonna grab you, and it's gonna be it's gonna be heavy because, like I said, like a lot of people have lived that, and a lot of people have lived that, and they don't talk about it, and they just kind of that's just what it's it was. Life. But then when you, yeah, but then when you have a spotlight shown on it, it's like, whoa, like, and that's you know that whole first verse is about the upbringing, but then the second verse of the song is that takes it now, and now it's now I'm in that position. Mm-hmm. Now I'm telling my you know my girlfriend, I'm telling my wife, I'm gonna have to tell my daughter, like, hey, like I'll. I'll hear about today, tomorrow. And mm-hmm. it's when we took that approach to it and turned the spotlight away from dad, but back to now, back to me. Exactly. And now exactly. it's like, oh my God, it's actually kind of crazy how, how you Cats try and- in tr- the cradle and the oh, silver God. spoon. <laughs> you try, you know, you try, you, you like try so hard to, sometimes you try so hard to not be like your parents, right? Like sometimes there's like, oh, you're just like your dad or you're just like your mom, right? And so a lot of times we try not to be like our parents in so many ways, but then we end up being just like them no matter how hard we try. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, and, yeah, and it's- and it's it's just it was it's it was a cool journey to write that one. It was it brought out a lot of stuff. You're one mustache away from being your dad. Yo, dude, look at that's it. a fantastic mustache he's got. He's got. And dad, you have a fantastic is, mustache too. I'm not. I don't want to take anything away from much. your mustache, but thank you, Jim. Have you ever have you ever shaved it? Once I, I remember, like as an as an adult, like in Sean's life. Yeah. Yep. It was traumatizing, yep. and uh, I started growing it the next day. Yeah. He overcompensated. He <laughs> grew a goatee after. Perfect. My, yeah. yeah, my uh, my middle lip um, kind of disappeared, and uh, uh, my wife thought I looked like Homer Simpson. So that's right. So yeah. Thanks for that compliment. Yeah, you know, really, compliment. really, the only person it matters to is the wife. It's like if she's like, I don't like it. 
bring it back. I can't <laughs> yeah. have it. Yeah. When yeah. My, my dad shaved it right before when my brother went to boot camp. And uh, my brother was like, come on, do it for me, dad, please. And he <laughs> and he did it and like was clean shaven. And I remember walking in the house and being like, Who are oh, you? <laughs> my God, like, what the heck? It's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. There's a stranger in this house. Get this out of here. Yeah. And then I didn't leave the house for six weeks because I didn't want anybody else to see me. Without it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Ozzy, we talked That's a little. Right. And I don't like it. I want to get rid of it. You know, it's kind of like, but it's like the signature thing. And like, you can't, you know, because you just look stupid or whatever. So you do. I'm you, sorry. Man. It's not about me. Um, do you? Ozzy, we talked a little bit about kind of the reception, but like, you know, the song's been out for a while now. What What is the kind of the status of it? How, how are you feeling about it? And, you know, what is, what's the deal with the song right now? Uh, um, I think that song came out, um, when I was very much in the, like I was saying, the discovery of who I am and what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. and who I'm trying, cause that song in, in comparison to other music that I've released is very down the country road. Yeah. And it's it, very, it is very, it does feel very country compared to your other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Compare. Yeah. And so it's kind of, you know, you have, I've been trying to just find, you know, how, I need to be able to do that, right? I need to be able to say those types of songs and because those are real. That's 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 about me. I can pour my full heart and soul into that and and have it be, you know, have it mean something. But I got to figure, you know, if I was figuring it out, how do I how do I be able to walk this line and like like I want to just I wanted it to sound the way that I believed it should sound. It didn't need to sound like all the other stuff. It wasn't supposed to sound like the other mm-hmm. stuff. And I also didn't have the budget to make it sound like all the other stuff. I had enough of my budget was I can go into the studio with my, with the producer that I like. I, I played guitar on it and then we added a guitar and slide guitar and just easy, you know, kind of shuffle drums. But like outside of that, we didn't really take it full into the studio and let session players or let the band kind of t- turn it into something. The live version of it sounds different than that, but it as well I think it should, but it is definitely, you know, it was trying to figure out where does it land in what Chris Ferrara is trying to say and what mm-hmm. they, in both lyrically and musicality where does it land? And so, you know, it's if you listen to my music and as it's been released, you'll be like, "Oh, yeah, he's He's figuring it all out. Yeah, and right. then the hope is, is that this next wave of stuff says exactly what I'm trying to right. do. Right. So how can you perform a song like that and not... And I used to think about this when we would be playing in, in our band too. Like, how can you perform songs like that that have so- a lot of heavy emotions and not get choked up or not let it kind of overtake right. you? Like, what do you have to do to like create a wall there, right? So you don't just lose the notes because your voice is breaking up, you know? Sometimes you do. Yeah. I mean, I've cried playing, I've cried on stage in front of hundreds of people playing that song. And it's, and it's, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, whether it's something that's outside of the show or like something that's going on in my life, that's really making it hit hard. Um, or my dad's in the crowd or I'm talking to people that I know understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so there's times where you, you have to just let it go. That's, that's real. That's, that's raw. And it's not only, and then, you know, to take it one step further for the performance side of it, like that's a moment that like, that the crowd is never going to, it's forget. memorable. Like, this but... guy, like it's he, like, he got so moved that he cried over this song and it's just, it means, so it means something, but like, you know, more often than not, it's, it's not leading to that. It's so, so you're just, it's a performance and you're still trying to sell it. Like, I mean, I grew up in a musical theater background and, um, and so my performance and my, you know, exuding whatever the lyrics are and trying to tell that story and make it real. Um, I just try to do that and try to take it just from the, here's the music, here's the story. And I hope that you connect with it 
without me having to cry on stage, right. I'm going to try to try to make it through this. Yeah. So yeah, it's just yeah. something I thought about because I've seen, I've been to plenty of shows where, you know, the, the singer, the musicians or whoever gets, gets choked up and stuff. And, and mm-hmm. I have songs that like would, if I were performing them, not my songs, obviously I don't really write my own music, but if I, you know, there are songs that if I were to perform them, I like, I don't know if I would be able to get through them just for that reason. And so I'm just curious mm-hmm. kind of how, how people approach that. So yeah, I had like I like I had written a song. I guess I would say another way to do it is close your eyes and don't look at people. Yeah. Um, like when I focus I on what your song, hands are doing on the guitar. Yeah, just just live here. Like, hey, uh, and I like when my I had a my, my cousin passed away in 2000, uh, 2007, 2006. Wow, it's been that long already. Um, my cousin Kevin passed away and I wrote a song f- for him. And I performed it at his funeral. And I just said, I was like, hey, just so everybody, I'm going to close my eyes because if I open my eyes and I look at any of you, I'm going to lose it. And I really want to get through this song so that you can hear it. Like, I just really want to do it. And so that helps too. Like, okay, I'm just going to go here and I'm just going to try to separate myself from what these lyrics are are really saying and the whole situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. And, but sometimes you just, you know, and then you're just, you're just putting it in this ball and then you're just like, okay through the song it's just going like this and it's going like this and it's just building yeah, and yeah. building and building and like you get to the end of the song your last note and it's just like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. i did it but ah uh. <laughs> awesome so what's your favorite favorite thing about this song ozzy what's your favorite part moment favorite good story you know you told the story of how you wrote it but is there any good stories associated with it that you want to share um i think yeah there's um so like i said i got married last year oh well, into 2021 uh so almost two years ago and um yep i was there like yeah yes you were um i had i've had moments uh because i've been i've been dating my wife for a lot for a, we were together been a lot together a long time um just like i'll have moments where i will literally say like i'll be walking out the door and i haven't heard about her day yet or i haven't heard about whatever and like she'll say it to me like hey like like we'll call or she'll like i'll be on the road and she'll be going to bed and whatever and i just we didn't get a chance to catch up because when she got home from work i had sound check and then i had to play and i had got to talk to her on my set break but she's going to bed and it was like okay well yeah like i'll like yeah i'll hear about today tomorrow and like and like those moments for me with this like it like pulls me right back to this song and i'm like like yeah okay that's that's why we wrote it yeah. like that's you know for those moments and actually Tracy has said something to me about about music and she's like what's cool is because I wrote a song for Fran- for Francesca and Tracy was like it's cool that you write music and that you can put music out and because you're basically your music catalog is your diary yeah and you're exactly. like and you're letting it out to people like people are reading your diary and listening to your diary mm-hmm. as you re- as you release it as the artist doing it and it's I've thought about that that's too with cool. with podcasts. I'm on I'm on so many different podcasts that I'm like, and this with with you, Dad too. Let's like by the time we're gone, Harper and Fiona and Kinsey will be able to still listen to our voices, yeah. hours upon hours upon hours of us talking forever. about things forever. that about things yeah. that we love and things that we're passionate about, and like that. That's yeah. pretty cool. You're right. It's really yeah. Cool. It's re- and you can they can do it forever. But, yeah. Cool. And I think the interesting thing about, especially with, with your song, is you wrote it so many years ago, but you weren't living it as much. I mean, you probably were obviously in the moment with your dad and everything else. But, you know, fast forward to, to 2023, married, Francesca, your dad just had, you know, serious medical thing. Like, it takes on a whole different meaning. Sure. The, 
the but meaning it changes and it's it's the same meaning yeah. you know mm-hmm. when you think about it, it evolves so, um, you, you know, if you could have a do the old, oh, I can predict the future and stuff like this. This stuff has that longevity that's going to go on throughout all the different aspects. And like you said, it's relatable, yeah. right? It's a relatable yeah. theme and topic. And so it's going to live on for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, any last minute, anyone you'd love to hear cover your own song um, or is it too special? No, I don't think it's, I don't think it's too special for someone to cover. I think when someone covers your song, it's the, that's it's the, the ultimate most flattering. Right? That's yeah. yeah, man. That's great. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know who I would like to. I would like someone who can like uh, just someone who's known for their vocal, their, for their vocal performance of it to really sell like, you know, like 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 an Adele, like like somebody like that who would who would take this mm-hmm. and turn and just and just sing. Let it sound exactly the way it's like how it's supposed to and let it let like someone like that carry it because it's so much of her stuff is is kind of in that world. And so I think she would perform it and do a really, really good job on yeah. it. Cool. What up, this would what also be a real, <laughs> this would also be a really good song for a, um, for a Broadway musical mm-hmm. yeah, somewhere. Sure. You know, you think about it. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, I want, I, I don't want to go too long because I have a contractor coming at noon. So uh, <laughs> we're going to take the last 15 minutes and we're going to talk about one more song. Is there any last minute things you comments you want to make about this one? Either one of you? No, I love, love you, it. dad. Love you, mom. Yeah. Love you, Tracy. Love you, Francesca. Love you. I love you all too. <laughs> love you guys. So the n- last one that we're going to talk about is one that we are both on, uh, and this is a song called "Window" by our band Kingston Five Thirty, which we could talk a little bit about. It, but here's the beginning, and I'm actually I'm going to play the little of the beginning, and then I'm going to jump into the middle of it because it it is like two different songs in the beginning and the middle. So, Very so here's the beginning of it. When was the last time you listened to this, Ozzy? <laughs> the other day, I listened to it for the for this. I can't get shout out Benny. I can't get to the first to the lyrics. It's, it's a long intro. <laughs> it's a long intro. Kingston Five Thirty had some diesel intros. Sitting staring out my window, and it looks so cold outside. All right, so that's the beginning, but this is what it sounds like in the middle of it. So it gets pretty, pretty heavy. I, it gets, I mean, Benny's guitar solo is epic right, in that right. song. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah. let's uh, take a minute, pause and go listen to it. And then we'll talk about it. All right. So is that is it weird for you to th- to think about and talk about this song for both of you guys, or is it like, yes, this is an important song. I want to make sure that people still hear it, or both. Shano, I mean, Dad said he wanted to do a Kingston Five Thirty song, and I was like, okay, but well, we need to choose the the right song, or not, <laughs> or I could have stayed away from <laughs> because it because there's a couple we, songs sure. on there that I'm like, mm, let's stay away from those ones, you know? Yeah, we don't need to go. Um, to I'm not particularly proud of my performance on uh, a, the song called Matches that we have. Um, Really? Yeah, and uh, the you know I like your performance on matches. It sounds good. Yeah, but I, you know I, I, you're going to be your toughest critic, right? So um, sure. I, I think I, if I were to record that today, it'd be very different. But um, hmm. you know, the, I thought it had to be the right song, and I'm kind of glad he picked this one because it's it's interesting because it's long. I mean, this song is right. Sorry, 
he always chooses. This is almost it's almost seven minutes long, and oh, but it's, it's longer the than seven same, minutes. I think yeah. it's the same musical melody throughout the whole thing, right? It doesn't. It's mm-hmm. it. There's not. We don't even. Did we put a bridge in this? There's no bridge. It's literally the same chord progression throughout the yeah. like without stopping nonstop. Yeah, it just it goes from finger picking and and then it turns into a more kind of muted strum and then it comes into a full, you know, it just full builds. On, full it guitar. builds throughout the whole yeah. thing. Uh, and and this song was always it, this is the one where the lyrics were always kind of hitting too, right? Because of um, Sully, it's, Sully wrote the lyrics for this, right? And it was mm-hmm. yeah, wanna... it, uh, sure, yeah, yeah, very much like like I said, most of the stuff that we were writing, Kev would Kev was Kev's a really good lyricist. He can write. He, He's he, a poet, he writes. Yeah. He, yeah, he writes really really well. Uh, I wish he still would. Uh, so Kev, if you're listening to this, keep writing, dude. Like I miss I miss you writing songs. Um, but uh, he would write lyrics and then I would kind of come through and go like, I'll, I'll equate it only because it makes sense for me. Like like a teacher would go through and do like like a rough draft. I'm like, OK, like this is cool. But if we're going to do the syllables like this and maybe we choose a different word or how because then I would come through with the melody and sing it to whatever Kev was playing on the guitar. And then I would have to take it and form the lyrics. It's a rewrite. With- you do a rewrite. Yeah, yeah, it will. Yeah, we'll just cut through, and then we'll be like, "Okay, this is great, cool, 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 cool," and then we make it fit with the melody. So it was, that was. I mean, but Kev was, Kev was. It was very lyric heavy. I mean, I think Kev wrote the whole song. Yeah, I and think that's when he did. Yeah, he handed it to me and was like, "Okay, how are we?" But never, never intended to have the heavy feel near the end, right? Or uh, like I don't know. the way in. I don't know. I think it just kind of took on that life as it was like it. Yeah. It lent itself to that, especially the way that Kev was playing the guitar. It was, you know, that that thing like that is. That you know that that music is very it lends itself to like this has got to go like this has got to this is just yeah. the way that he's picking and the walk down that he's doing and and it was like okay like this let's is go. this it is wants gotta, to move let's yeah let's it go and it's move. and it's and, yeah. and it makes it that much more powerful when it builds to where it goes to yeah. because of the emotion behind the song right you know, he wrote right. he wrote it about his dad and and it's just it's a you know it's it's a heavy song it's a really it good kind song of, it, it kind of feels like breaking through a brick wall by the end. You know, yeah. and that's kind of yeah. like what you, yeah. it's, it's like getting, like I said, starting at a certain emotion and breaking through it, breaking out of it. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what this song feels like. Was me. it fun to perform? Because fun this, perform. this was, yeah. Yeah. this is the one that, um, and one of the reasons I chose this song is, is, and you just mentioned it a little while ago, I think, Chris, it, it's the, the thing that they always said to Kingston 530 guys apart is, is the live performance and stuff. And it's really hard to think to go into the studio and, and capture that live performance feel. Every band challenge is challenged by that. Mm. But this one, if you look at any of the, the, uh, the live videos that are out, out there of you guys doing this, playing this in the studio and playing this on, on the album itself um, is as close to emulating a live performance, I think, as you've done. You know? and, it, and it just feels like you guys either played it straight up all the time with that power, or you played it in a studio with the same kind of power that you wanted to play it when you play it live. Well, we played it in a live room, and so that was mm-hmm. what was the biggest. Like, I mean, I, I went back in and redid vocals yeah, for no, it. No, no. We played it in a live room. Yes, I you sang it. In a, I was in a booth. The band was in the band was in the live room, and so, but it was like everything was. T- I mean, we had played it so many times before we actually. This was had the first the- song that I ever played with you guys. I remember I really? came in because you guys had you had Benny and and um and, and Will. Will on Will. board, and then you invited me to come play because you're like we're looking for a bass player, and I was like, I, I have a, I have a bass from a pawn shop that you know, <laughs> I play bass, and so um so I came in and uh. I think it was lacking that power that it needed. And so I came in and, and he, t- 
subtly taught me, okay, this is a chord progression and it's the, the same thing as the whole thing. So I was like, okay, easy. Like, let's do it. And I just, and, and That's I cool. think that was the moment that we were all like, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Like, We've, we, this is going to work. Found sure. it. This is what we're going to, you know, this works. And uh, that's kind of how I feel like this was my audition in the band. And it, and it was a good one to start with because it was. You were the, yeah, well, you were there for, you were there for the whole thing. Yeah. You were there for the whole longevity of the band. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, especially with, you know, when you, when you bring in that, that instrumentation, all of a sudden you're opening the door to explore the space for the song same would have same was when we would bring john cook in and he would play keys all of a sudden these songs yeah, would take just, on a new it life fills it out so much yeah and it's yeah and it's i i think that we had played that song so many times by the time we had the budget and had raised the money we did a we did a uh kickstarter mm-hmm. to to record the record right and um you know we finally had the money to go in and truth be told to do the how big of a record we did we needed <laughs> We needed like ten, twenty thousand. Yeah. We needed like twenty thousand more dollar more dollars, and um, but we did what we did, and we went in because these were all songs that we had played live so many times. So we weren't doing multiple takes of it. I mean, we went in and did two days, and we got the record done. I remember, really? I remember yeah. being at a practice, and and I brought up like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we could like record some of these like, and uh, and you told me, I don't want to even think about recording until every member of this band can sing the the entire song from everybody's perspective so like and i think at the point that we recorded it we did like we knew every drum fill we knew every every note that sully was picking we -hmm. knew every note that you were singing we knew every lick to every solo that benny was like we had played them so much and i think i think in that respect we did it we did it right for sure i and i uh, yeah part of that was because i i I mean, and now I didn't know. I mean, then I didn't know anything about being in the studio and anything. like. I just was like, okay, if we're going to go in, we got to be as efficient as possible. Yeah. We don't like, we don't need to be doing like, this is all going to cost money. So we can only have it for this much time. We got to be on it. It's got to be right. And, but then we also, we all feel the song and that's, you know, by the time, by the time the record came out um, in, in January of 2012, like we had already played all those songs so much that it was like, we were all kind of like, okay, well, we need new music now. And we're now we're just releasing this record that we've been playing out for three years. So right. it was, uh, but yeah, I mean, but the studio was so fun. That was such a cool oh, experience. So and, fun, yeah. and, and is that what contributed to when, when you guys were on stage, it looked effortless or looked like you guys had been together for 20 years because well, we were all good friends, right? I mean, yeah. me, Sully and Oz knew each other from, from college. We were all in yeah. the same fraternity. So we knew each other really well. Yeah. And, and Benny and Benny and Will knew Benny each, and Will other, from knew each other from high school and college and college at Berkeley. Yeah. And then we just they clicked really well with us. And we just all we just all got along so well that I think it was like instant family musicians. So it, yeah. Like you always say, Dad, like with sports teams and stuff like you can't teach chemistry. And when you find that chemistry, right. it's it's like feels pretty magical and things things feel easier than they they could be. Yeah. Yeah, we all we all legitimately liked hanging out with each other. And that's and that that's is huge. that is so important so that when you are watching it on stage, you're you're watching friends have fun. And then as an audience member, it's contagious. You're gonna it's contagious. You're gonna feel that and then that's gonna make you wanna have fun. That was I mean, that's what I remember right. so much about our shows and what people would say afterward were I had so much fun watching you guys on stage. I had to have fun while yeah. I was doing that. And, and right. it's a, it's an right. interesting contrast because a lot of our songs were they had some pretty serious themes in the yeah. lyrics. Yeah, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one included. So, all right. So you ready? So Let's here's check. my here's my observations. Very subtle, obviously, at the beginning. You know, and I think it. You know, before it builds and everything else, it, it's almost haunting. 
Now, was that a violin at the beginning or is that just, so? is that I, Benny? I can take this, Ozzy. That was really cool because we sampled violins in the the um, demo that we did, right? Mm-hmm. You had like like synth synthesizer. Um, yeah. And, and we loved that. And then we actually played it. We played it live with the the violin player once. Uh, Jesse But that Hansen. was after the record was out, I believe. Yeah. But we we, tr- we wanted to emulate that. But like Ozzy said, we can't, we couldn't afford to bring musicians in to do that stuff. So like Benny was tapping those notes on his guitar and turning the the volume dial on his guitar to bring the volume up and down really fast. So he's playing those notes, but it's the sound is coming from the the volume knob going up and down. And so that's kind of how he achieved that effect. So he like emulated a violin by doing that. And that was, that was cool. It's, it's cool when you listen to the very end, like the last. Nah, 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 yeah, let me nah, see if nah. I can find that. And there's and there's there's vibrato on it, and it's, it's Benny's Benny's brilliant man. He was yeah. so good. There's no way that's not violin. Yeah, that's Benny. This. Yep. Oh, right here. Like it sounds. It sounds, it sounds like, like a bow. Like so. it, yeah, it does. It's so yeah. uh, when he did it when because he did it in rehearsal once, and it was like yeah because we get, we couldn't get it in the studio I mean, in the yeah. in in rehearsal because mm-hmm. obviously there's not enough people and he just did that and we kind of all lost our minds and yeah we were like what did you just do bro? like you just yeah how did you know how to Benny's do that? a musical <laughs> genius he really is. <laughs> yeah he really is was it I mean because you guys had the talent and and we we're all friends and everything else and you could kind of read read each other's minds did you do stuff in the studio or even in the practices and just like. And then when it ended, just look at each other and laugh and say, holy crap, what happened? Like, where did that come from? I mean, Sometimes. Did that, and did was that anyone, go on? Was anyone recording that? Yeah. <laughs> that, no? That oh. happened mostly when that happened. It was because Benny did something like that or Will really? and Dolly too just did some yeah. ridiculous yeah. drum fill that we all just looked at each other. And I remember in the studio when we were recording Carry On, there was the drum fill at the very end. It was like a bass drum, a double kick phil that he was trying to get and he did it so many times and he finally got it and in the recording we all sat quietly and and then you just hear sully in the background go yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we knew that yeah. he finally got it and it was just like yeah. oh man they some ridiculous uh musicianship from those guys yeah and there was a lot I mean, yeah. and a lot of the jamming a lot of like just trying to again exploring the space of what we were doing and and you know we never played we never played cover like we played a couple covers in our shows but like for the most part they were just you know, songs other, that we liked. They weren't necessarily like super popular songs. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. When we did like, um, how far we've come by matchbox 20, like that was huge, a single, was but it big. was not like a, as big yeah. of a song as, you know, so, I mean, it was, I mean, it still did really well for them, but, um, dynamo volition by Jason. Yeah, no, like, we just song. did it. No. And so we just did <laughs> we it because we song, wanted to do it. By the way, we crushed that song. We crushed yeah. It, yeah. I, I still, yeah. I go through and I listen to it. I'm like, I try to remember the lyrics. I'm like, got the dynamo. Yeah, was a lot. It was so many lyrics. Yeah. You ever play any of these songs? Um, any, any Kings of 530 yeah, songs? Yeah, you ever like get the urge to kind of play some of these? In our shows? Well, just by yourself or, or whenever. Uh, yeah, I find myself every so often I kind of will go down this like memory lane mm-hmm. kind of reminisce and like, let's go, let's like, let me just go back and listen to it and let me like, like remember what it was like, you know, what that all was. And, yeah. um, and also to kind of see, I will kind of do it and see how far, like, let's see how far in, we've come. Let's see how far we've come. <laughs> 
and and <laughs> just to see how far like musicality like my voice is different yeah, now than it was back true. then and this, I equate that to alcohol and a whole bunch of other things time. that have time and growing up and um but like also but lyrically like I, Sully was writing so many of those lyrics so now I've been able to explore and grow as a songwriter in the stuff that I've done and so it's just kind of it's cool to just the whole story of it all and just like the like where from where you come to where it goes and yeah I'll find myself like I'll sit down and I'll like I'm working on something right now that I'm I'm trying so hard to like not let it be long time coming <laughs> but it's like the chords are yep. similar and yeah. like the stuff some of the and I'm like ah how do I how do I skip that well how if you're ever just, looking like, to re-record it let me know and I'll I'll send the bass track Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. So, well, and you know, I think those are, those are two songs that in, uh, in 95 were two songs that was so easy on the radio. Hmm. It would, it would have worked. So to go back and have to, you know, it, you know, it, it's so close to a long time coming. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, I, I think that could work for you. I think about you it know? all the time. I wonder like, just cause now being on, you know, so, so in far into it. And like, this is my whole life is, is this now just, I, I, there are times where I wonder, had we had the budget and had we had somebody, resources, you know, an invest, the resources, investor, yeah, the, the resources and the, and the money, cause all of it costs money to be able to really put the life behind it and give it what it should have needed. Mm -hmm. Um, in that time, I, I wonder how it would have done and what, what, how different world would look now had we had that then yeah, um, sure. knowing again knowing what i know now and it's like oh we were i mean we were close man but we were like still yeah. we were still like we had so much there was so much that we wiggle didn't room that we could that we didn't know and that we could yeah. have gone had we known yeah. so yeah yeah that's that's the the whole young band thing uh -huh. you know but it was fun so. yeah man it was so 20, fun the 20s 20s were great <laughs> my 20s were awesome yeah so one of the things I, I I think that really stood out on this song for me too is is your lyrics. I mean your range on on a lot of the stuff on Kingston Five Thirty. You know when you hit those notes on ninety five and all that stuff. But your lyrics over the hard drive that is now happening at like one thirty, Sean. When things really start to kind of kick off, and then well, you want me to play it? it? It's not it's not like you know the the lyrics are there and then you, you wait and then you, and then it's going to kind of focus on on the the heavier sound stuff. But you're singing over that and it works. Mm. Yeah, that's that. The, the bottom of that is just drives this whole thing crazy. Yeah. And and the, the fact that the lyrics still mean something and, and work over that heaviness, I think is kind of unique. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong in that? No. Nope. And that's okay. And that's what's been so that was so cool about that song is, again, like we've talked about that going from the acoustic, just an acoustic and a lyric. And then all of a sudden, where can we go? And then when you have that aha moment in the room and you're like, yeah, let's go there with it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's go for it. And, yeah. My, my and favorite part it feel is when, is right, when we sorry. have, when we break it down and kind of in the middle before the last chorus and then it builds mm -hmm. back up with the kick drum and the bass kind of building towards a really explosive finish. I don't know if I can find mm -hmm. that. I'll find it. Yeah, there right it is. What are you getting mad if I let it show? Now, and it just builds and builds. I'm gonna let this one play because no one's coming after us for this. But it's so hard I love this part. And that's the 
that's what that song was all about. Was yeah. that crash through? Like that's the moment for that song, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what makes it feel like it's a live performance yeah. in in the song. Sure. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of stuff? Well, yep. I don't want to yep. cut us off because I, we could obviously talk about this for hours and hours. But Ozzy, maybe we can have you on again and we can maybe tell our story like from start happy to, to finish. Um, whenever, whenever you want, man, uh, I'm happy to do. it. I have the equipment. I have the power. You know what? It. Let's get let's get like <laughs> me, you, and maybe me, you, and Sully on, and we'll just tell the story and we'll have that'll be a really interesting episode. Your be listeners fun. better be ready to sit there for three hours <laughs> listening <laughs> to us talk because it's gonna be that, and that's gonna be that'll be a fun one for sure. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot to talk about but it'll be a good time so um but i want to wrap it up thank you so much ozzy for coming on thank we you, wish Chris. you the best of luck obviously i'm gonna stay in touch and and give my love to tracy and and uh francesca and your and your parents and, parents, and your dad yeah. of course i will um, you're, you're giving them love just by talking about them hopefully they listen yeah so i think and thank you for having me on guys it's been a, yeah. it's been anytime it's and, been and a, please awesome call me up. whenever like let's let's stay in touch i miss talking with you buddy yeah. um can you give us a sign off sure stay hydrated Listen to good music and don't be a dick. We'll talk to you next time. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time. This is Chris Ferraro. Thanks for listening. Thank you, man. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.